deep shot. He's got the touchdown. And Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. This is our 71st episode. We've been off the air for a little bit. I was away in Mexico on a honeymoon and the boys had stuff going on. I don't even know if that's true actually, but I was away, <laughs> I was away so we didn't record. So we're back just in time because the Buccaneers are heading to the playoffs after one hell of a roller coaster uh, this season has been. And uh, we're going to talk all about the upcoming matchup between the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. We are going to offer a prediction, score prediction for this game. Uh, we're going to discuss, we're going to offer our predictions for who's going to win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl matchup. And we're going to go through our list of the major individual player awards uh, since the regular season has concluded. So that's that. That's what's up. Um, joined by Scott Capron and Bodan Yard, as always. And make sure you subscribe to the channel while you're here. Check us out on YouTube, like, subscribe, rate, review uh, if you're listening to our podcast on Apple or Spotify or whatever. Uh, and make sure you're checking out BucksGameDay.com for all of your written Buccaneers coverage. And yeah, so gentlemen, how are we feeling today? How are you guys doing? Yeah, good. Great, dude. Just want just want to confirm that the the stuff that Bowden and I had was Colin was on his honeymoon. So uh, just 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 for the record, but uh, yeah, man, great. So awesome that the playoffs are are finally set, and uh, you know we haven't been on the air since uh, since the uh, the Bills Bengals game, obviously with Demar Hamlin. So you know, just all good vibes going out to him and the whole Bills family. And um, sorry, just wanted to get that out there off the top. But uh, yeah, just just now. The Bucks are somehow in the playoffs. We have a full full playoff bracket. This first weekend of the playoffs is just so fun. It's so fun, and the Monday night wrinkle to it, and that the fact that the Bucks are in that is is phenomenal. So, looking forward to it. No doubt, I couldn't say it better myself. Yeah, the Monday night thing is interesting. I'm like, part of me is like, oh, I gotta wait all weekend. <laughs> but part of me is like, all right, that's cool. Like standalone game, you know, something to look forward to while I'm at work on Monday takes away those Sunday scaries and I don't yeah. have to worry about getting shit faced waiting around for the game to start because I'll, I'll be working. So, Did you know you will be? Oh, okay. Sorry. I'll be working. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So I can't, I can't. Yeah, so that's good. I'm, I'm sure my publisher, Logan Robinson's happy to hear that. Um, I think it's good, man. You have the whole other slate of games and pools and betting and stuff to occupy. Then you just have Monday bucks, right? Yeah, no, you kind sure. of either want to yeah. be first or last. In the I, position that you're I in. agree. I yeah. agree. I think honestly, I, I I know we're on the phone, we're on the we're on the call with Gino himself here. But if I'm a Seahawks fan, I don't mind either shocking the world right away Saturday afternoon, or we had a nice run and uh, you know, yeah. and we're good. Yeah. So, and something I've become accustomed to this season is being bitter after a disappointing Bucks loss. So the fact that I don't have to deal with that all weekend while watching other football, it won't tarnish that for me. Is a nice little wrinkle as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the okay. eight and nine Buccaneers are hosting the 12 and five Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round on Monday night football. As we just said, uh, the Buccaneers had a walkthrough practice today that was closed to the media. So we don't really have any injury updates. We won't get those until tomorrow, figure out who's practicing and who's not. 
Um, and then I kind of want to just sort of talk about the biggest questions for the Bucks heading into this game. I think the health of their offensive line is yeah. essential, especially against that that mean Cowboys defensive front, led, of course, by Micah Parsons. Um, now, Hainsey, who's done a really good job this year filling in for Ryan Jensen, like really good job. You know, his first his – first, ultimately a rookie at the position. Yeah. They, once Jensen got hurt, they're like, oh, shit, we got to train this guy at center. He was a tackle in college. And he, mm-hmm. his whole rookie year, he was he was training as a guard. So um, considering all of that, Hainsey's been a really important piece, and he's continued to improve throughout the year. And, and uh, so him going down with a hamstring, I mean, it sucks he was out there. I don't know if it's more precautionary or not. I think he's been participating in walkthroughs and stuff. So I'm hoping it's nothing serious. Um but again, a hamstring's a shitty one for a center. Like, oh. I'm always impressed at how those guys hold that squat position at their size so long, and and then you're backpedaling. Like, it really is a terrible, yeah. terrible injury oh. for a center. I don't get it. Just I, you know what I mean? Like, they're absolute monsters, right? So I think we turn to that, but just because we always see the sheer size, but just that flexibility and everything, it, it's it's insane. Really is. Yeah. And now, but then the other question is, if Hainsey can't go, where are we at oh. with Ryan Jensen? Because he's been practicing a little bit, like he was without pads at first. What if, what if Big Red comes through those doors ready to rock? Because I tell you, that, that would light a fire under everyone's ass, man. That would, would, be- would they have to take him off of IR tomorrow? Is that well? He's already been cleared to return. So, like, if he has a window, he has to. Yeah, he he has to. They have to declare whether he's going to play within the next few days, I believe, because you yeah. get like a 21 day window. Um, so we'll probably find that out tomorrow. I don't know I mean, at least where it's trending. Yeah. I assume I because it's Monday night, so it must be Buck and Aikman doing the game. And if, if Jensen's oh, yeah. a surprise starter, we better get like, a, by God, that's Ryan Jensen's music or something <laughs> like that as he, as he comes out of the tunnel. Right. So any, that would be unbelievable if he played. Um. I can't let you get away with just fantasizing about the best case scenario. What's what's the worst case scenario on the other hand of that? Oh, dude. So if they both can't go, um, that'd be brutal, man. Nick Leverett, <laughs> Nick Leverett, who thank God they replaced Luke Gedeke with at left guard, has played really well there. Leverett's yeah. a guy who's been in the Buck system for a while. Uh, more, of a, He started off in the practice squad and then became kind of a, just a reserve swing player. Um but now he's back. He's back at center then. Well, then he would have to go over to center. And yeah. he's been doing a great job at left guard. And guess who who then has to go into the left guard spot? Exactly why I brought this up. Be a fucking nightmare, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Kadecki going up against, like, I will. Micah Parsons is going to play a lot of interior defensive linemen if Luke Kadecki's out there. It would be catastrophic. Yeah. Honestly, it would. My My confidence, whatever confidence exists, I don't know. Maybe you'll find out. Um, that would just all but dissipate completely because Luke Gedeke, man, he, he even in, watching him in that Falcons game, which wasn't a real game for the Bucks, like they had no. guys in and out, yeah. but so you can't judge the team performance like they lost. Who gives a shit? A um, couple issues I had with that game. I mean, they claim they don't have enough bodies to like rest everyone, but seeing Antoine Winfield on the field for four quarters was not ideal. Didn't love no. that. He's been banged up all year, but he, and he's throwing, he, he only knows one way to play as should be the case with any NFL player. So mm-hmm. that was a little sketchy. Russell Gage got banged up being in the game in the second half. And then of course, Hainsey, but his was in the first half. That shit's going to happen. It's football. Like I'm not going to mm-hmm. act like it's know. such, it's such a weird week. Just sorry. Quick sidebar away from like it, that week 18, 
people are trying to put together what's going on. You see the line movement, which you would imagine is being dictated by some very good information, right? And then, you know, you see the Herbert, the the Chargers and the Broncos, and Herbert looked like he was going to play the whole game, right? I, I had the Broncos in, in something. I was like, hey, Herbert, anytime now, Herbie, if you want to take a seat, but you don't, you never really know. Like the, the coaches aren't held to anything, right? And then it's <laughs> terrible. I kind of love it. I think Horrible. it's a week to bet. Yeah. I think it's a terrible week to bet in some ways because well, it's so hard to predict. But like obviously, oh, Scott, you were playing the right side of that with the Broncos. But that was that was what I thought was gonna happen. I, you know, at halftime I wasn't feeling too good about it, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And and you know, the team we're talking about, Dallas Cowboys, same deal there. Those guys played the whole freaking game, man. Like, so they had uh, to though. They were so they were let's they that's like the chance. elephant in the room here. Of like, well, everyone yeah, talking yeah. about that's picking the bucks, but go Phil, ahead. Yeah. Philly was up 16, nothing at halftime. I mean, they could have pulled them at that point. Like, True. but no one expected the giants to make any kind of game of it without, you know, with all their, their scrubs out there. So I think at that point you, you could have pulled them. Um, but they, they, they played the whole game and they tried to win that game. Yeah. And sure. Boy, did they look awful. Like I watched that entire game. Dude, does that, sorry. so like, I guess my question to you going like the main question I have this week is like, does that performance make you feel better about the bucks going into this game? Or does that make you think the Cowboys are like, Oh, we got the, we're going to get the best version of the Cowboys. Right. Cause you could kind of be like, Oh shit. Well then they're going to bounce back. Cause they haven't lost two in a row all year for one. Yeah. Um, but no, I would say it does give me a little bit of confidence. Cause I like, like seeing just, just watching how it happened. Um, it was very unimpressive. Like, yeah. like, like Dak was, I think Dak's tremendous quarterback, by the way. Like I'm a, you know, I've realized Dak's really fucking good. Like he's elite. Like he's, he's very good, but this game, man, he was completely out of sync. He was late on all his throws. It was not on the same page with the receivers. And if you don't have CD lamb going, like if you take out CD lamb, their passing game, I like, I feel great about how our defense lines up, especially in the secondary against those guys. Like yeah. really, really good. Um, so I like that matchup to begin with my, my fears are all along the interior, um, our offensive yeah. line. And again, it all comes back to the health of the offensive line, but just specifically in terms of watching that game, um, did it inspire any, any more confidence than would have existed if they say stomp them? Yeah, it did. It did. I'd yeah. rather see that version of Dallas, you know, I, I think, and, and that's, that's totally fair. Colin. I, that's one of those ones. I think reasonable minds can disagree because, they probably went into the game knowing the Giants, they're a 14-point underdog. Are they going to win at the Eagles? No. Now, like you said, they did. They were playing most of the guys out. I was just I was just actually following that game on my phone. Uh, kept noticing Washington kind of expanding the lead. I'm like, who's playing for Dallas? And I'm looking at the plays and what's going on and was a little bit surprised. So anyways, like I was saying, I think people could chalk it up as a true what-the-fuck week. People are getting ready for the playoffs. They There was probably like a 90% shot. They knew that they were going to Tampa this week, but I totally understand. Hey, that was their roster and they got dismantled by a very mediocre uh, team starting a rookie quarterback in his first game, right? In, uh, in Sam Howell in Washington. So that that's what I feel like you could kind of take it either way, not to sit on the fence, but it is literally what I just did. So no, and that's fair. And like you're saying, like, so they, they were out there though. And like the commander, I swear to God, should have been up 28, six. Like, yeah. like if they left so many points on the board and Sam Howell's first start, it was wild. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, I'd rather see that version of them than them just looking absolutely dialed and lighting up the commanders, I guess, is all to yeah. me. Yeah, no, that's fair. Where to I be fair, them. also, I think Ron Rivera thought they were still playing for a playoff spot up until about <laughs> the third quarter. Someone had to tell him. So, you know, <laughs> he that, finally that's looked all at his for phone. keep fighting. Yeah. Builder, Builder watching us on YouTube. What's good, Builder? Uh, feel free to drop any questions or comments you have as it pertains to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their upcoming playoff wildcard round playoff game versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and then other things like questions for the Bucs. Um, I mean, uh, the big one is obviously the, the what I would consider to be the prevailing narrative throughout the year. And that's how how is Byron Leftwich going to call this game? How is the offense going to come out? Because we, have, we haven't done a podcast since um, since the Carolina game, uh, which I was watching by the beach, but I made sure to get it. Shit, I got to cancel my Game Pass. I, I ordered Game Pass <laughs> for that. It cost me 50 bucks and <laughs> just for that one game. I literally just remembered that. Uh, anyway, uh, but but the offense finally finally clicked. And it just shows you with the, when the talent gets going on this team, it can happen so quick. They didn't even start the game off that well. Next thing you know, Tom Brady has four total touchdowns, three deep balls to Mike Evans, over 200 yards, three TDs for him. Great to see Mike get, get off like that. Like, yeah. like, like show he's still that alpha dog and he can, he can be deep. But I think a big part of it too is it felt like Brady was trusting his O-line a little bit more and just taking that extra uh, – yeah. Half a second, yeah, extra half second to like take the shots. You know what I mean? And boy, does he throw a sweet deep ball! Oh, but, yeah. uh, but that that extra half second for him to get a little an extra tap, sorry, an extra pat on the ball, or to see to see his receiver separate, or just trust that he's going to is so huge, right? And you know the offense definitely did come alive, but it did come alive after another pretty stagnant first half, right? Yeah, and a couple short field goal. Um, attempts and, and makes um but i mean just just the positivity of seeing brady to evans and uh and how lethal they were and you know carolina had been had been playing better and they had a shot at the division still at that time like with that game right tampa was only i think a three-point favorite in the game so um you know it was it was pretty evenly matched according to vegas but definitely nice to see uh, and, and sorry as you were um, linking it to this game call, um, the health of the O-line is going to matter so much because if they're going to be insistent on still running on first and second down, then that O-line is going to have to somehow hold up against that pass rush from Dallas on third and six and third and seven. And if they can't, then it's over. Or or maybe that's the impetus uh, that they need to finally be more aggressive early to not let that pass rush get home. So it's going to be pretty... It's going to be pretty um, obvious pretty early in the game. I I don't know about you, Bo. I just don't you feel like Tampa's down ten nothing somehow in this game, and it just depends on if Brady comes back or not. Like that's what I think is going to happen. I, I almost I I don't know. I was thinking that maybe Tampa gets out to a hot start, and then hey. like that's what I kind of think is going to happen. I think that okay. they're going to get out to that hot start, and it's going to be kind of like they're going to have that moment in the second half like they did against the Bengals. And it's just like, can you sink or swim? Can you protect okay. this lead or not? Like, hmm. I feel like that's what I can see. Because um, they've been in that position so many times before this year. It's just like, um, I think that's, it's only right for the season to come down to that yeah. to me. Is like, can you prove that you're the team you are for a full, for a full game? Yeah, hmm. good or bad. Are you going to yeah. sustain <laughs> a certain level of play? Seriously. 
and it's and it's so funny that it's a rematch, but it really isn't, right? Because that that the game from week one feels like three seasons ago. And but if you wanted if you wanted to look at it that way, they did go into Dallas and handle them. It's really one of their best wins of the season, all things yeah. considered. But just how much has changed is um, you know, it's quite it's quite uh stark, right? So anyway, I, I mean it's gonna be interesting. Like you said, though, the uh the offensive line either dictating what the play calling is or vice versa is really what I'm going to be looking for on the offensive side of the ball for them. Yeah. You know, like I've watched football closely for what shit, like 25 years now. And every single one of those years, I have just gained a greater appreciation for offensive line play. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. Like when the bucks had this dominant offensive line, the last couple of years, it made me appreciate it more. And then now this year to have that taken away, it somehow makes me appreciate it even more. Um, and yeah. that is the key to this game for the Bucks. Yeah. I truly believe it. If you got to pick one, that's the key. For Tom sure. Br- and, and that's credit to the Dallas t- pass rush, right? Totally. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you yeah. know, I'm not even – so I feel good about um, – I'm not scared of the Cowboys' secondary. Like, they're very opportunistic, and I think they capitalize off of the pressure up front. They create sure. a lot of splash plays. Yeah. Um, but Tom Brady, you know, he's careful with the football. He's smart. And I just I think our, our receivers are trending in the right direction. And I think they can cause a lot of problems for that defensive backfield for the Cowboys. And conversely, I feel good about the Bucks defensive backs if they're all healthy lining up against Cowboys receivers, as I mentioned. So it really comes back to that O-line for me. And and I mean, sorry, the other big thing that we already mentioned is is the play calling on offense. Like, are they going to come out? Are they going to run play action? Are they going to be aggressive um, and spread the ball around and attack them through the air? Because the run game just ain't doing it. Like they're just not moving the ball on the ground. Um, And like, I, I, but whatever, man, just like play to your strengths. I I would love to see more Rashad white snaps because he's so great as a receiver and got to give it to Lenny though, too, man. Like Lenny's catching the ball. Well, but Rashad is just far more dynamic. Like, um, those well, guys, I think, combined for like 120 receptions this year. Well, and it's funny because the um, you know, the running back duos for both teams, there there's quite a comparison between the two of them, or a similarity between the two of them, right? Like the Zeke and, Fern- and Fournette, right? The yeah. high picks, uh, the bruisers. Like I saw some tweet, I think, about Zeke's touchdowns, and and more than half of them are from the one yard line, right? And you know, I kind of killed Zeke earlier in the season as a fantasy guy, because I thought Pollard was going to be even more heavily used. And even and Pollard had an absolutely insane season and is definitely someone the Bucks are going to have to be aware of um, on Monday, their linebackers with him coming out of the backfield. Cause I mean, he's unbelievable. Pollard's that guy is, he's on, he's unreal, but you know, Zeke had a great year as well. The they're, they're running that running back tandem was super yeah. efficient. And, um, I think that's what they've had to do with the with the lack of weapons that they've had on the outs on the outside with losing Amari Cooper, right? Because so much of it uh, depends on Ceedee Lamb winning his matchup because he's he's so by far their best receiver, right? And obviously Tampa has more options on the flip side when it comes to their receivers. So it, <laughs> it's kind of reversed. It's kind of reversed, right? Yes. right? In terms yeah. of positionally, like the Bucks yeah. are why would be wise to depend more on the passing attack. And then I think the Cowboys, they got to establish that run game. And you're right, Scotty, that might be the best running back corpse in the, in the league this year. I mean, I I, I I love Pollard. Oh my God. Yeah. Like Pollard's really fun to watch. I like him a lot too. 
And sorry, I'm not interrupting again. Sorry. Oh, Zeke is yeah. overpaid and it's an insane contract, but he was fucking good. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, no, he's not worth what he's getting paid. Doesn't mean he wasn't good. Right? He's looked, he's looked a lot better this year than I last thought so year. too. He I just thought so looks too. a lot better. And I think Pollard's yeah. emergence probably has a lot to do with that. No. Um, like like we're talking about that Thunder and Lightning tandem, the old yeah. Tiki Barber, Ron Dane thing, or oh, Brandon yeah. Jacobs, whatever. Yeah. Um, we we just touched on the linebackers too. I think this is a big game for them. I think uh yeah. I don't know about you guys, but when I saw the Rokon Smith contract come out, I was like, Oh shit, Devin White got a little bit extra motivation to this week because like this is like the perfect game for you. To, like if you're a dominant linebacking core against this the Dallas Cowboys, you can take away the middle of the field from them. Um getting to the run backs fast, um, taking away the options for the tight ends that kind of Dak just kind of use as like a crutch on a on like a down to down basis, especially on third down. So if yeah. Devin White can actually like control that run game a little bit, like blow up plays in the backfield, even if he blows them at the at the line, chasing guys down, stringing them out across and playing horizontally instead of vertically. Um could be a huge game for him, honestly. I think like that's one of the guys that I don't know what his tackles number is, but that's one yeah. I'll be looking at uh for a bet this week for sure. And his his yeah for sure that's a good good looking out there. I would take it even if it's if it's seven and a half total yeah. tackles, I'd be taking it over. Um, but and Devin White, man, one thing that one time that guy comes to play in the postseason. That's one thing you got to give him. Exactly. He had the most ridiculous run from a linebacker that maybe we've seen in twenty years individually. Yeah. Um, what a Super Bowl run! The, like the yeah. timing, right? Yeah. Like if he has that year, this like right now, like. Is he holding out for his fifth year? Like he's like, pay me now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm done. Like he's I, he's, he's he's so maligned. He's so contentious in Tampa, right? Like at times he really becomes a scapegoat, and at times he plays really bad. Yeah. But when he's good, he's incredibly he's so good. good. He's yeah, so. Good. And, and there's no in between this week. There's no in between this week for me. Like, but I he's, feel he's like, either going to be awesome or yeah. Go ahead. But I, I agree, but I feel like we're going to know early. Like on the first yeah. series, he's he's either going to get to Dak or he's going to. He's going to have a tackle for loss and a pass breakup or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen him just go absolutely berserk when he makes a couple plays in a row, right? Yeah, and He's a momentum guy. And I'm, the, the game's in Tampa on Monday night. Like, that place is going to be fucking nuts. I don't know. I Like, from the defense's standpoint, I, I can't wait to see them come out and, tr- and maybe force a couple three and outs in a row, quick turnover, something like that, and just get all the momentum on their side because – I, I mean, that helps Brady a ton too. Not for like from a tangible, let's say field positions uh, uh, standpoint, but also I think he really responds to when the defense makes plays and he yeah. knows what he has to do to, uh, to hold up his end of the bargain. I know that's more of a subjective thing, but just from watching him uh, for so many years, I, I think there's really something to that. So we'll see, we'll see what goes on. For sure. I think I agree with you on the Brady thing. My fear is this coaching staff and how they respond when the defense comes out firing because they've done it before. And I feel like they tighten their, their cheeks even Mm. more because they're like, Oh, our D is going to lead us to glory. Let's just play our stupid, like establish the run approach. I know. And that's what scares me more than anything. That's that's such a a good point. point. Like, cause Bulls sees three good defensive series. And he thinks they have to score. They only need to score 16 points to win the game, right? Like, like. Yeah, 20 starts. Yeah, field goal, field goal. Oh yeah, Ugh. fourth and two from the three, and it's a field goal. Yeah, exactly. Oh god, that's a great point, man. Um. So yeah, man. Like, and and you know, you can't. I just can't talk about Devin White without talking about Levante David because that's kind of the other side of the football with our own 
Thunder and Lightning. And Levante is so good. He's so good. He's had such a great year. <laughs> and he's going to be an essential part of, of this game plan, just like Devin White will be. Um, seeing how they match up with those running backs. And and for Levante especially, you know, if, if he's going to be covering Dalton Schultz and what he can do in the pass game or, or whatever yeah. slot receivers he might even be lined up with at times. The one thing I'll say, though, as a defensive play caller, I have a lot of faith in Todd Bowles in big games. He seems to turn it up and really get, get into his bag. We've seen him do it a number of times, and he's very, very good at focusing in on a certain offense. So um, I'm curious to see what kind of stuff he does. Again, stopping the run is going to be a huge key. It's the trenches for the Bucs for me. It's the trenches. We already talked about yep. the O-line. Defensively, you've got to try and shut down. Not shut down, but limit, um, contain that that potent attack that they have with those two, two-headed monster there. Um, and I think the interior of the defensive line is going to be a big part of that, obviously, as well, with Vea and Hicks. And um, Akeem Hicks looked really good in this Atlanta game. He had a huge play on a third down sack and like he was injured earlier. It seems like if he's getting healthy all of a sudden and we get this game where him and Vea are both firing because Vea is going to do his thing always. But if we, if we get an impact from him and then you got the bodies of Rakeem Nunez Roches and Will Golston, who are both playing better now as the season's going on as well, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you got a really nice rotation of big boys there who can cause some issues. Yeah. Um, and at least keep the pressure on Zach Martin because Zach Martin is is as well equipped as anyone to try and handle Vita Vea. But if if that's going to open up Akeem Hicks and Joe Tryonchenka is due, man, he's getting his pressures. He's getting there. He just can't finish it. Yeah, so. I, our boy uh, Josh Capo tweeted about that on, from Sunday's game. How many more sacks he could have if he could just wrap up or or finish the excuse me finish the play right? So I mean, I think that's a good sign that he's getting there. Uh, obviously it only, it only counts if you actually make the play, but he's there. He's still young. This would be what a spot for a breakout game for, for JTS. Right. So let's see. Got to get home. You got to get home. Got to get home. It's, hey, it's just every, it's everything, right? When you, when you're, when you devise, when the defense comes up with a good pressure, a good blitz and everything, but you just don't get there. It's such a backbreaker, obviously, because then you're vulnerable on the back end of it. Uh, a quarterback that's just elusive enough to take one step back and uh, and kind of throw off their back foot or change their arm angle. It's just such a backbreaker when you come up with the right thing, you make the right decision to bring, to bring pressure, but you don't actually make the play. So it's going to be huge. And then I think the last thing I want to hit on before I open it up to you guys, if there's anything else you want to talk about with this game before we offer our predictions, but Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys in his career. Yeah. And I mean, if there's any time to kind of excuse the performance of this offense throughout the year and say they got Tom Brady, it's now, and they got Tom Brady. Now, that being said, though, uh, he's also never finished a season on a team with a losing record, which the Bucks have this year. So things right. are different, no doubt about it. But at any time, he can activate that GOAT switch, and uh, this would be a hell of a time to do it. At home, too. Scott, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yep. I'm looking forward to them playing at home. I like that. Dallas is used to playing at home on the turf too. Nice, it's on a grass field. Mm. The Bucks are used to. Seems seems minute that sort of detail, but those all those little things matter. Oh, apparently Micah Parsons doesn't like playing on grass. Actually, I heard that somewhere. I mean, he's certainly effective no matter what. He could be playing in water, but uh, <laughs> either way, yeah, keep keep the grass a little longer this week. Yeah, that's a weird comment, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Anything else you guys want to talk about on that? Or you, you want, should we make our predictions for the game? I, 
I just hey, if they lose because Dallas plays well, I okay, you know what I mean. I won't just go quietly into the night if they get completely fucking out coached by Mike McCarthy. I can't. I can't. Right. So he's not any good either. So right. Yeah. So uh, just please give the give the players the best chance to win. And, and then we can kind of dissect it from there. That's all I'm hoping for. I think they're going to play well. I do. I, I yeah. like, I think the guys You're totally, are and well. like, they're totally playing a, one of the teams in the playoffs that can totally beat themselves. Like, oh, the Cowboys can come out and beat themselves. Anyway. Yeah. Cowboys like, are, Cowboys fans are scared because of the Tom Brady history and because they're Cowboys fans. So they, yeah. of course, you know, they're, they're scarred as well. So I've got some Cowboys buddies. It's funny. Um, and like, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a rematch. It's the fact that it's Dallas who has been good but hasn't done anything. It's Dak, the quarterback that nobody can agree on whether or not he's good or not kind of thing. It, there's so many interesting kind of side angles or narratives to the game. I, I'm just like, you know, podcast and, and everything aside, it's probably it's 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 my favorite game of the weekend. It really is. So it's um it's a good matchup. Like yeah, if, if the Bucks is. are playing well, it's a really good matchup position mm. like when i did that game within the game piece coming into the year where i broke down every bucks game of the year um the cowboys went open the season was one of my favorites and the matchup i focused on was carlton davis and versus cd lamb and, and mm. they shut down cd lamb in that game now cd lamb has taken a big step forward this year yeah. um, and he's kind of finding a way now to put up big games no matter how he's played so i'm really interested to see that but all over the field there's very intriguing matchups that we've talked about right yeah. in the trenches out wide uh, two great quarterbacks, even the coordinator battles like Todd Bowles versus Kellen Moore is interesting. Like, pretty, oh yeah, pretty, well, well, pretty crazy. And and Colin, obviously, but how deep receiver is right now across the league? Considering, yeah. like, I don't, know, I love CD Lamb for for what he is, and I, I think he's a one. I think he's definitely a number one guy. But where could easily be like your twelfth receiver if you listen to them all. I was just about to say somewhere between <laughs> 10 and 15, probably. Right. That, yeah. That's probably fair. And he's awesome. He's yeah, awesome. He's awesome. And yeah. he could, he, he could take over a game. I'm yeah. never surprised when he has a hundred yards receiving. No, but yeah, he could be Dak, like the 12th best guy in the league. Him and Dak obviously have a good connection, I think. And it's just, you know, he's, he's not a top tier guy and it's not a knock. It just shows you how many good guys there are. So I, the one thing that I will say before we get into the predictions, like, just looking back on this box score and just kind of trying to put myself into like the shoes of what we were in week one, uh, 19-3 and Dak injures his hand in this game. They see Cooper Rush for the first time as Cowboys fans. Um, mm. Like, absolutely embarrassed. Everyone thought their season was over, basically. Yeah. Coming out on that Monday. Like, yeah. To think that they don't have a ton of motivation going into this game, even though it's in Tampa, like this is going to be a tough. Oh, no. Like both of these teams have to play well to win. Oh, for sure. Like, there's a extremely reason. well. Yeah, there's a reason Dallas is favored. Like yeah, right yeah. against Tom Brady on the road. Yeah, and I, I know that's that's a super surface level, whatever projection, but let's that just doesn't happen very often. Even in that in that corpse year. When they lost to the when New England lost to the Titans, remember on the Saturday, like it was a wild card weekend, and I, they were still a four or five point favorite in that game, and it was yeah. and it was nuts. So anyway, dude, this box score is just like a time <laughs> warp. Honestly, Lenny has 127 yards. 
He was so he was so good. He was so good. If we went back and listened to the pod after that episode, I oh, oh my, my god, god, I can only imagine what we said. Brady threw for eight Wipe yards it. of throw, eight eight yards of completion, TD and a, and a pick, eighty seven rating. Oh god, it's just it, it like it barely makes sense. You would never be able to write the script of these two teams after watching that first game. Okay, well let's write the script for this game. Okay. Uh, Scott, Scott, what happens? What's your prediction? Oh man, I I can't believe I'm going to do this. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win 24-21, something like that. Something like that. 28 tw- I'll officially go Well, they're I think they're going to be get, be down early cuz of course they are. <laughs> um Yeah, I'll say I'll say 24-20 bucks. Looky, looky. I know. I've, I've I got to go have a shower. Fuck. Get that Scotty Miller jersey going for Monday, buddy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Vote in yard. Oh, man. I, it's <laughs> just good for the pod, right? Like, I, I honestly, I'm getting like weird Cincinnati vibes from this whole thing. So I'm, I'm just going to go with that score 34 23 Cowboys. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, fair, reasonable. I, I shocker. I'm gonna take the Bucks 27-24. But the real shocker is Scotty taking the Bucks. I like this, but it's kind of a bad omen actually. Because anytime Scott was on the Bucks this year, he just never felt right doing it. And then I oh, he, and he also next Wednesday off. is gonna be hilarious when Scott gets on this pod, being like, "What the oh, hell?" God, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> now I really need them to win because he's gonna. I, yeah. Just don't bet it, Scott. Just don't bet it. Okay, like I. I can't make any promises. I'm probably gonna bet yeah. on it. So it's a Monday night playoff yeah, game. Like I'm a sure Scott's gonna sit game. this one out. Like Stand yeah, mm, shit. I'll probably just sit in the dark and watch it. Yeah, no, probably not. Autumn and I are gonna have some shekels on it. Um, but no, I like I do like the matchup, and they've shown more of a pulse later in the year. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just Dallas, feel like this Minnesota, is a like, like it's a race to thirty points. Like somebody has to score thirty points in this game to win. Really? I I I trust the Cowboys to do that more than I do the Bucks. The total's only forty-five and a half, so I think they're bank. Oddly low for me. I don't know. It seems low. Yeah. It it seems low. They're they're solid defenses too, right? They both have like even the the Bucks have a good defense at least. Like that's something that you got to give them. God, I miss Shaq Barrett, man. But that Cowboys have been bleeding points though too. True. True. But that that number like that's. The fact that the Bucks get behind and have almost no offense in the first half has to be is obviously baked into that number, right? Now, yeah. look what they did against Carolina. They ended up putting up—I I can't remember what the 30. score was, but thirty. Yeah, they, yeah, but you know they were pretty, uh, pretty shitty in the first half. So I don't know. Like, what what are you supposed to say? How are you supposed to ex- to know what to expect from? Tampa, like what an insane yeah. playoff yeah. game when the more reliable team is the Cowboys, yeah. right? Or the more dependable <laughs> yeah. one, at least. Yeah. Not yeah. even saying the better, but the more the, the one that you can expect um, you know, a solid performance from. I don't know, like it could go so many different ways. Obviously, I feel sick to my stomach picking the Bucks because they've been a total insane asylum team this entire year, but we'll see. We'll see. It's Brady at home. I'll 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 try. Okay. <laughs> Now, let's get to our Super Bowl predictions, and yeah. we can talk a bit about this weekend after if we want, but I think we should come out 
and just declare our Super Bowl predictions and who who beats who, and then we can kind of work our way back if we want to sort of start with what we expect to see this weekend. I mean, okay. um, so I'm going to take the Bengals over the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. And I think uh, in the AFC, man, I think the divisional round is going to be absolutely lit because I'm expecting the Chargers to beat the Jags, even though that could be a really good game. I just believe that they're going to they're going to do it. And then we're going to see what in that case we would see um, Chiefs, Chargers, Bills, Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. Herbert Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. That's literally like some combination of that plus Lamar. I know. And maybe Deshaun Watson for yeah. the next what, like five to ten years. Yeah. And ultimately yeah. there, I guess I'm picking like I'm picking the Bengals over the Bills, which is really hard to do. Um just I just have so much belief in Joe Burrow in big moments. Like he's I, I don't know. And I think the Bills still have some holes. Of course the Bengals do too, but um you is that know, the Bengals at- sorry. That, that game would be in Buffalo, right? It wouldn't it be on a neutral site, isn't that what the it does is that have to be a neutral site? I, I believe that was what, what they said if they meet in the divisional round, it's at a neutral site because okay, of the okay. cancellation. I didn't know if that was at only on the uh AFC championship game. Um yeah, that is uh that is gonna be a highly emotional game if that happens. And yeah, yeah, yeah be crazy. But I mean, yeah, I think the Bengals have looked better than the Bills for the last two months or so, yep. but then the Bills have three losses, none of them by more than three points, you yeah, know, yeah. which is crazy. But I don't know. There's something about the way they looked the last, uh, you know, eight to ten weeks of the season, just not as sharp, so dependent on Allen to make plays. And as good as he is against really good teams, is he going to make every single big play? Like, I don't think he has to – I don't think it's reasonable to expect him to play as good as he as well as he did in that uh, Kansas City AFC champion. Or no, it wasn't even the championship game last year, the divisional game uh, when they lost at the end, right? And he was absolutely unbelievable. And he's gonna have to beat Burrow and the Bengals and Mahomes just to get there. I'm sorry if, if we want to go into my picks now. I'm well, picking the one, the, the one. Sorry, but before you do, Scotty, I just want to say. I also think the Bills are too dependent on Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Like yeah. From a playmaker perspective, there's just no one else to fall back on. Davis has not, Gabe Davis has not emerged, not no. at all. He's no. done the opposite, man. Yeah. After, after that yeah. divisional round performance that you're talking about, that game um, disappointed a lot of fantasy owners this year. A lot of people expected him to take the leap. He's got all the tools. Meanwhile, on the other side, Joe Burrow has, has three studs to throw to, at least two legit. Like, like T. Higgins could potentially be a number one guy in the right. Easily. system so they're sick um, yeah so i just that Bengals squad man i know alex they got a couple injuries on the offensive line on the right side lyle collins and and former buccaneer alex kappa went down but um everyone's hurt this time of year everyone's got shit they're dealing with so sorry scotty please continue i just wanted to get that piece in so, there on the no 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 it's totally fair and uh hey whatever the lines are between kansas city uh cincinnati and buffalo or it's they're razor thin. Nobody can say anyone's stupid for picking any of those teams. And you know, if let's say the Chargers, if they get by Jacksonville, which I'm sneaky super excited for that game, by the yeah, way, on Saturday game. night, because after watching the Jags Titans game this past Saturday, which was like a playoff game, it was absolutely lit in that place, which it never is because it never matters. So, like, that's fun. And so, basically, if the Chargers were playing 
let's say they win that game and they were playing some other team that wasn't the Chiefs who have just owned them and owned everyone in their division. Because like I love Herbert, like any any normal person does. He's absolutely incredible. But I still think the Chiefs and Reed just have the Chargers number. So do Burrow or Allen have to beat each other and then beat Mahomes? It's just yeah, it's tough. I, I just I, I just I'm gonna I'm going to take KC as a result of that. And but I totally understand why someone else would um why someone would pick any of those other teams, but I'm going to take the Niners in the NFC. Um, I mean, Rock we have pretty. a big, to me. I think we have a big enough sample size that uh, Shanahan knows how to use Purdy. Purdy is really good. Look at those weapons that they have. They're just so dynamic. Kittle looks as good as he ever has. The Debo and, and McCaffrey combo are just lethal. I think the Eagles had a really nice year and sorry, really nice. Not to sound condescending, but do we think they're, you know, truly the class of the league? I think they're a really good team, and obviously they would be hosting the NFC Championship game. So by definition, they have a chance to get to the Super Bowl, right? Hundred percent. I just like the Niners better. I, I right. like the Niners more, and um, yeah, in that spot. So I would take uh, Chiefs Niners as of now. It's AFC heavy, man. That's the thing. I don't think they're the yep. class of the NFL, which is why I have them losing. But I think they're yeah. the class of the NFC at this point. Okay, so, fair, fair. Um, and I think hurts. Hurts as long as he's healthy enough. I think he's man. What a year he had! Like, did you pick a did you pick a winner, Scott? No, do I have to give a winner yet, or can I just give my matchup? Oh yeah, you got to pick a winner. Okay, I'm taking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so okay, Chiefs over Niners. Chiefs over Niners. Rematch a Super Bowl. Yeah, Yeah, from a couple years ago. Yeah, cool. That'd be fun. Can't be can't be worse off than with Garoppolo under center if you're the Niners and uh, the team around him is better too. So can you? So the, the Niners lost that first game of the year in the monsoon to the Bears, which is ridiculous. The, the, you know, the Bears won two more games the rest of the year. The Niners were 13-4, and four, so 13-3 yeah. and three the rest of the way. That's Crazy. I feel like that wasn't really discussed. Yeah. Everyone kind of – everyone knew they were good, and their power ratings was, was were always a little bit higher than their record, I think. But they just reeled off wins to end the year. Speaking of ending the year, I don't want to forget about it because sometimes this happens and I can't believe I didn't bring something up. How about the Houston Texans? Oh, oh my God. Oh. Shout out to Lovey Smith. Yo, I, yeah, honestly, was other, I was thinking about going, uh, I was either going to cosplay Geno Smith or Lovey, and I, I, I have a Seahawks hat already. So Lovey knew he was on the way out. So he's trying to burn that motherfucker oh, yeah. down, man. And it gets, he's like, all right, fine. I'll get a win. You want wins? Yeah. Oh my God! I can't believe the Texans won that football game and cost themselves the first. I, I'm pretty play. sure I texted you when I saw that. I was like, "What? Why did they do? <laughs> like, uh, the Bears just got the first, just gifted." And I'm not a Lovey Smith fan as a coach at all, nor do oh, I God, think no. any, any Buccaneer oh, fan is. But I did write an article this week that's up on Bucks Game Day, um, just kind of talking about how it's ridiculous, no matter who is the coach, to fire him after one year with the roster he had to work with. Like, oh, yeah. what, what an inept franchise that is since... Oh, they were, like, that's the thing, right? It's like, um, I think especially, not to take it to another place here, still want to just talk football, but, like, the way that they've treated black coaches at the Texas organization in general has been, like... Not good. A laughing stock. It's like a, yeah. a blemish on the league at this point. Like, yeah. they... I forget who they wanted because the the guy that's their GM is a former Pats guy. And I can't remember what Pats quarterback he wanted to bring in to be the head coach. But the guy was literally a volunteer assistant at a high school. Oh, wasn't it Josh McCown? 
Yeah, it's Josh McCown. Yeah. You're right. It's yeah. a, his only coaching experience was was like literally having so like they were like, oh, okay, I guess we can't hire him right away. So we'll just hire the worst black coach we can find. And dude, he'll know Josh, Mc- Josh McCown was coaching high school and then flying to the flying to Philly. And remember he was the backup for the Eagles and had to actually yeah. had to play a game or something like exactly. that two years. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that was that was crazy. But he's yeah. an awesome guy. That's why they yeah. run him in the building. Well there you go. You're right though, Bo. You're right. Because it's back to back black coaches on one year deals. It's like they just bring him in. Oh, we'll do our little uh, yeah. Rooney nod here. Look at us hiring yeah. hiring people yeah. of color back to back years. Well, you fired him after one year each. It's unbelievable. That's just and you you fired him in week one. Let's be honest here. He was yeah. never getting that job. Yeah. What do you expect him to do? Like with yeah. that roster? Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's get to your predictions here, Bodoizi. Yeah, I I hate to be on the same side as Scott here, but like <laughs> the Chiefs Niners thing makes so much sense. And the and the only reason why I'm not going to do it is because I'm just like I, I something has to break. Like <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Bills, Eagles, and I think the Bills take it over the Eagles. Okay, nice. I like it. That'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. You're so asking. many. Yeah, lots of uh, that AFC man is crazy. I crazy. think as long I mean the Bucks, I guess would be good. Obviously, but as as long as it's the Eagles or the Niners from the NFC, I mean, we're we're gonna get a good matchup, right? Mm. Like, yeah, oh, the yeah. teams at the top are so good. Yeah, you're um, right. Th- those two teams are good enough. You'd expect if they're rolling enough to make it there that they're gonna be playing good football. Yeah, and that's the thing. If somehow the Bucks did it, if they were to make it to the Super Bowl, <laughs> then we're actually getting a good version of them. I would imagine at that point. Yeah, we may we uh, may, we are a Bucks podcast. Did you say as soon as you said it? Bo, you said Bills to beat the Eagles? Yeah. Well, 11 to 1. 11 to 1 right now. Really? Um, and call, sorry, you had the Bengals to beat the, the Eagles. Eagles. Uh, 20 to 1. Whew. It's a little tasty. Yeah, but they they, they have to beat. <laughs> they're gonna, well, they're going to have to beat the Bills. Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. They have to beat the Bills, the Chiefs. And, and the, then Eagles. the Eagles together. Yeah. Parlay that out. Twenty to one's probably fair for that. Well, whoever's yeah. winning the Super Bowl. Oh, and the Eagles be... have to get there as well. There's actually two sides to that. Yeah. I right. Yeah. Right. And whoever's just got to win two games to get there, though. That's whoever, true. Whoever's winning is going to have to beat beat some good teams. That's for sure. For sure. It's a gauntlet. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it'll get started this weekend. So, like some of the games are met. Like you're totally right, Scott. Even as like an objective observer, I think Bucks Dallas would be the most enticing. Chargers Jags would be my next. Yeah, uh, two is out. Two is out still. So the Bills are gonna have a cakewalk this first round. I, I think mean. they. Yeah. I think that's thirty-eight ten. Yeah, Vikings Giants. Yeah, oh god, I think it's. Did a you blowout. see the kid gloves they had Skyler Thompson in in that Jets game on Sunday? Holy fuck! Like didn't watch the snap, and I'm really proud of that. Actually. Well, I bet on it, so I had to, and I almost <laughs> puked. But I actually, yeah. thought he did really good things in the preseason. Funny enough, Skyler Thompson, not like yeah. you know, but yeah, like. Ugh. But really? Vikings Giants is kind of an ugly game too. Like I don't like I don't know. Aside from individual players like watching Saquon and Jefferson, I mean I don't trust the Vikings and I don't trust the Giants. Yeah, me neither. The and Vikings guess- could just play spoiler this whole fucking way though. Like they're they're and- like if, if anything is going to break in the NFC, the Vikings making it to the Super Bowl is the most like what the fuck no just fucking way. Here? Yeah, and then they then they they'd perform like TCU in the title game or something. Yeah, that per- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those, they'd get those- blown. Those purple boys. Yeah. Yeah, man. But and then we just saw Giants Vikings in a 
it was a good game, actually. I think the Giants should have won, but of course Minnesota somehow did. I mean, this is only this is only Minnesota minus three at home, right? So I mean, they're yeah. calling these teams pretty even, and that's a 13-win Vikings team versus a Giants team that nobody thinks is any good, and they're still only laying the three at home, right? So yeah. uh, good luck. Yeah, and then you got uh, so it's looking like Lamar Jackson isn't going to play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's he is not going to play, which is no. wild, um, unbelievable. Like like I, I don't know. Like it was a PCL injury quite a ways ago. It seems very ominous the way this has all played out based on his contract issues. And really, stuff. Vol- like I could couldn't be a more yeah. volatile contract situation. Something's right going now, on. We've ever seen bizarre, man. Bizarre. Because yeah. you got to think he would want to play this game though too. Like just I don't know. It's weird whether like he's trying to hold less... the fran- is he trying to hold the franchise hostage or is he still hurt? Like yeah. Or a little, little column A, little column B, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. And then, of course, I, I missed the first game of the weekend on Saturday Seahawks, Niners. It would be nice to see the Seahawks hang tough. Um, not sure they can do it, but they would need to play better than they did last week. That's for sure. Trying to, yeah. trying to battle the Rams and, uh, and the officials. I don't know if any of you guys watched that game because obviously the implications for the Detroit Lions were intriguing. Um, and of course, for the Seahawks to make it, they had to win. But just a tr- like I have no skin in that game at all, right? So I'm not. Yeah. I have no lean whatsoever. But I could not believe how much the officials were costing uh, were costing the Rams chances to win that football game. It was wild, man. And I'm not going to go through all the instances, but I, I just want to see yeah. if you guys had seen that. Like I just had it on in the background, but I was checking Twitter during the game and. Um... Yeah, it seemed like people people were thinking it was a little fishy. You just leave it at that. But it was so weird. It was yeah. bizarre how bad, how one sided yeah, it was down the stretch. But I, I, the one thing I will say is the Rams had the ball in overtime. All they need to do is, I think I forget if they needed a touchdown, uh, but they had a wide open receiver. I think it was Van Jefferson and yeah. Baker just threw a fucking so, duck. It was pathetic. Yeah. He, it yeah. was the most like. No matter what Baker has done, like I would cut his ass for that throw. It is not an NFL <laughs> throw. Quandre Diggs picked it and taunted the sideline at the same time. It was yeah. such an easy pick. Yeah. No he, penalty there either. He yeah. just mixes in an absolute duck uh, like every now and again, eh? That it doesn't even look like a like a D2 throw. It and then he can make so some throws. It was so holy bad. shit. It's like when you're absolutely striping the ball off the tee. And then you get to number seven and, and you hit it into the water in front of you. I mean, that might be more, uh, you know, representative of one of us on this pod. I don't know who, but you know, it's it, like in Baker, it's just like, what, what the fuck? Like, where did that come from? But it's, yeah, it's painful to watch. And yeah. So, and then I just want to, man, shout out to the Detroit Lions. Dan yes. Campbell. You're a, you're a friend of the show, man. We were, no, I think complete we, 180. we really Couldn't be a bigger 180. We went hard on him about the kneecaps thing and wrote him off back then, but that guy's earned my respect. You know why? Cause he's earned the respect of his players and they were balling out to end the year, man. Yeah. And also yeah. we owe an apology to Jared Goff. He threw 15 touchdowns with zero interceptions over the last like seven weeks of the season. Not, not, great. It, yeah. Jared Goff did that as well when they went to the Super Bowl too. And fair. Yeah. Like I'm not so. saying I want him to lead my but franchise. He's good. But... There, I think that when they, when he was bad on the Rams and they were moving to Detroit, I think it was quite possible that he was out of the league in the next yeah. two to three years. He's clearly a starter, and I think someone that you can at least, you know, play with and uh, do some damage with. And just th- the point I want to make about Dan Campbell is 
you know, obviously the kneecaps and all that raw, raw shit is a little bit, is obviously bullshit and kind of ridiculous, but whatever, that's not really my issue or was my issue. I, I don't think he made good decisions as a coach right now. He was new, but some coaches don't learn or they're too st stubborn to ever learn. That's when I criticize coaches, that's my main thing is the stubbornness or inability to change. He's his decision-making his in-game decision-making improved you can tell he's getting better a lot of coaches just level off as soon as they get the role right so good for him they care about him um he like i said he's improving as a coach and i, I wish they were in i wish they were playing in this game on on saturday but yeah and shout out to the canadian men's track team because their offensive coordinator ben johnson also held a job by him and uh that's for the line <laughs> and but yeah, Dan Campbell oh, going for it all the time on fourth and stuff, being super aggressive. That fits his whole mantra anyway. So, it, mm -hmm. Scotty, I like that point about just being able to change, being flexible yeah. to change. Except it's like people in general, right? It's like it's oh, nice yeah. when you can do that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh boy, we've talked lots. We've talked plenty of Bucks Cowboys. We have yeah. given our Super Bowl predictions. Now, I just want to discuss the regular season award winners. I'll, we'll just each fire through ours, and then we can pick them apart at the end if we want. Um, if you want to do that, go around the horn. But MVP, or do you guys want to go award by award, or just me fire through them all? Everything. Yeah, fire, fire through. Let's fire through. We'll just go roulette. Okay. So you go first, and then we'll we'll pop right after with our uh, if we have if we're with it or whatever. Okay, MVP. I got Pat Patrick Mahomes. I'm, me too. I'm with that. Okay. Uh, offensive Player of the Year, Justin Jefferson. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I guess what a what is this I award? I know, Scotty. I know. <laughs> it's Patrick Mahomes, then, if he's the MVP. why is it not Mahomes? You yeah, know what? I'm saying I Mahomes. I don't okay. give a shit. Okay, fair. It's so <laughs> dumb. It's so dumb. It's just so it should just be called most valuable quarterback and then offensive. Like I don't know. Yeah. It really is. It really is. It's it ridiculous. It perturbs me as well, sir. It's so. It's just so poorly thought out. Or yeah. oh, okay. But Bo, you're with you're with me on Jefferson. I love it, honestly. What, how many records did he break this year? Oh, shit. I don't know. He was close to 2,000 yards, though, man. What a f weapon he is. He's unreal. He's like, unbelievable. He's so fun to watch. He's incredible. He does every single thing you want a receiver to do, and he looks kind of slender for a receiver, but he's gritty as hell. I know I've said oh, that yeah. stupid pun before because he does the gritty, and I don't mean for it to be a pun. <laughs> um, but he is gritty. He'll, he'll, he'll get you yards any which kind of way. Unbelievable. Um, defensive player of the year, I got Nick Bosa. Hmm. I think I think he's had a dominant season as an edge defender. He's been able to stay healthy, and then you combine that with how dominant their defense have been has been. Um, I just think he's earned it. Yeah, he was awesome this year. Who else? It's is tough. It's tough not to give it to an edge guy. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've got no arguments with that. I think you could make a Parsons argument. Yeah, you certainly could. That's, every year, yeah, that's yeah. there too. But for the versatility, he definitely was. I think he tap, tapered off a little bit as the season went on. That's yeah, I mean, Bose is a huge favorite, actually. I actually hadn't looked at the defensive player of the year odds in a while, but uh, like Bose is minus 1200 here. Who's so, next? I mean, who's next? It's Parsons? Parsons is next. And then uh, Max Crosby, good for him, but it's, Man, it's way, like oh, he's awesome. Long, long yeah. shot territory. You know, Matt, just a shout out. 
yeah, I mean, he's 150 to one. He's never going to win it. But Matthew Judon had an absolute freakish yeah. year with the with the Pats. I mean, he was just a menace every time you watch, you turn on a Pats game. Um, but yeah, 150 to one. So like Bosa is the odds is is the favorite. So now this one I think will be more interesting between the three of us. Um, I got Pete Carroll for Coach of the Year. Whew. Yeah, I just think. Whew. If you if you go back to coming into this year, like Dayball's a guy who like I like, I love the hire, and he immediately paid dividends, and that was awesome. And then you got to look at Kevin O'Connell and what he's done in Minnesota. Um, but I just think with with where what the Seahawks were expected to do, their best case didn't feel like a playoff appearance. Like like I don't like they were supposed to be one of the worst teams in football, and I just thought. Uh, with all those distractions going on and all the quarterback controversy, he kind of empowered Geno Smith and got the most out of his guys. And we've been hard on 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 Carroll previously as well, but not like that factored into my decision. I just think he earned it this year with how well he coached that team up. I think they were playing above their weight class and they did it all year long and now they're in the playoffs. It's a great story. Um, and like the biggest F you to Russell Wilson possible, which I think this pod has come to a place where that's, the kind of something we're looking for in a coach. Um, but I got to go with Shanahan. Um, there's this thing in like video games where they say like the meta of the game is just like the best thing that you can possibly do. Um, I think he's changing the meta of football, the way that they, he set up that offense to have triple threats at basically every, every eligible receiver um where they can just like they can run it they can pass it they can yeah. catch it like it's insane what his offense has done despite all the injuries to yeah. what we thought is the most uh pivotal or what we think of as the most pivotal uh position on the field at the quarterback um yeah to do that and to have the record they have the seating they have and how dominant they've been doing it is just uh I just, I yep. just, I can't, I can't let that go. Can you imagine him with a quarterback? Like, no, no disrespect oh. to Brock Purdy, but like with like a weapon at quarterback. I mean, it's, it's incredible what he's accomplished already. I mean, you guys know how I feel about him as an offensive. Scotty doesn't like throwing the word genius around, but I feel like he is one. I really, he, I think, I know. Yeah, that's this is my like. Yeah, I think he's this awesome. is the exception. He's this he is. is like the fact that he's doing. Like, I guess you can say if he would have just picked Fields this would have been like no hitter perfect game oh my um, god i have i have my article i'm saying i wrote yeah. like two big paragraphs saying like shanahan needs to look at fields here like why is no one talking fields it's trey lance or mac jones before yeah. the draft god damn it i almost it, wonder if he likes not having the big name quarterback you know what i mean because he can do what he wants and like then you, he wa- you- and he wants the glory yeah, you have a bit of – I'm not even – this is, this is going to make it sound like I'm really calling him out, but then you have a bit of a scapegoat too, right? It's like, well, it's fucking Jimmy G or Brock Purdy. But, it's yeah. Like when, it's like when Johnny – our friend Johnny got super baked before his G2 test, so when he failed, he had something to blame it on. Oh, <laughs> Which time? Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, we love yeah, I, that's fair, uh, Bo. Uh, I think Shanahan should win it. I think Sirianni or Dayball does win it, and I'll go yeah. with uh, Dayball just because um, first year in the playoffs, nobody expected anything out of them. Yeah, yeah. Not, I don't necessarily agree, but I think that's what's going to happen. And I'm glad you brought up Sirianni's name because yeah. it's kind of ridiculous to not mention him. I mean, also- I just – think that yeah. roster is just so stacked that like yeah. not not to take it away from him you can t- you can only coach what you got in front of you but and he's done a great job 
Um, but yeah. yeah, lots lots of candidates though. Like for sure, that yeah. would, and like that would make it under different criteria. And like sh- shouts to Andy Reid, man. They're four- they went fourteen and three. Just out. They, totally. they just beat the shit out of everyone. They lost Tyree Kill. Didn't didn't miss a beat. Obviously, I don't know what he. Pro- they probably would have had to go to undefeated, honestly, or maybe sixteen and one for them to have a chance. But great year. He was awesome again. And you know those guys. That that's just not how the award works. It'll never go to to someone like that who has a good team, right? So. And the other the name that I think the only one maybe that we didn't mention that should be mentioned is Doug Peterson and Jackson. Oh yes, great yeah. call. Yep. Right, like just a, what a what a turn of events there. Incredible. Um, and I know you love to see it, Scotty. Scotty. I, I mean, to me, considering how much of a mess the Jags are or Jags were, and seeing them immediately turn around with you know a pretty similar roster. I'm not going to take any urban shots. I don't give a shit. Well, actually, I do. I love it, but like. You know, it's pretty comparable to what Dayball did. It's just Peterson has has done it before, right? And he, obviously, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. But I don't know. I think he's a great candidate as well. I, I, you, take your pick. Take your pick. Damn, I'm looking a little blurry. Might have to cancel the pod, boys. They can't see <laughs> me clearly. Um, come back. Yeah. Okay. Comeback so player of the year. Water. Comeback player of the year. Last award. Um, one thing I, I'm actually working on a piece right now is. Uh, I feel like Chris Godwin deserves some consideration and I, I didn't choose him. Um, but to think of like how bad his ACL tear and his knee injury was in week 15 last year, like yeah. a lot of people would have missed this almost this entire season. It's barely over a year ago. He suffered the injury and all he's done since then is go for a thousand yards and a hundred receptions, like pretty incredible. I think uh bounce back season by him. So Got to shout out my guy, Chris Godwin. But uh, I chose Geno Smith, and I think it's hard not to. I'd be interested to see who else you could pick. Just it's a come his whole career. It's incredible. It's just been an amazing story. So, um, and it's we're, we're really honored to have him here with us tonight for this interview. Geno, I got to say, if I got the award, it's going to you, buddy. Hey, they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who's listening and not watching, Bo's wearing a Seahawks toque and, uh, yeah, and he's got game game film on in the background. Yeah, yeah. I would just argue, what's he coming back from? Okay, from not Is being it? not being a starting quarterback. Yeah, utter irrelevance. Yeah, utter irrelevance. That's the way what you say. I well. guess it's usually. Like, an I, I I like the idea of this not being about an injury because, like, this is basically to me most improved player in the NBA just because under a different name. It's kind um, of both. It can be an injury yeah. or coming out of nowhere and i guess ultimately you're like reviving your career so that's a yeah. comeback in itself and i think he's it's perfect oh. for him okay Wait, who, not, this... who do you have saquon yeah saquon fuck he's actually injured he's actually making yeah actually came back and looked like himself this year that's what i would do just based on the actual award based on colin's definition of you know some guy who used to play now he doesn't play as much and he's playing again then yeah Gino had an absolutely insane year I would like a different award for Gino because he's been one of the best stories in the in the league but if I'm actually picking a comeback player of the year I'm picking uh I'm picking Saquon and I think you could make an argument for McCaffrey or Godwin to be honest but that's just okay me. let me just read this Associated Press NFL comeback player of the year while the criteria for the award is imprecise it is typically given to a player who shows perseverance in overcoming adversity from not being able to play the previous season such as an injury 
or for playing well in comparison to the previous year's poor performance. I think Colin's definition was pretty close. Previous year's performance. He didn't have any previous year's performance because he didn't get to play ever. Exactly. Exactly. What, what a what a way to overcome Am I adversity. Into it now? Am I walking yeah, around? Man. I think, that I sounded think, better in my head. I think you got to be like your favorite head coaches and just understand when it's time to switch gears, buddy. I don't. Okay. Well, to be fair, I had never read that exact definition, so that does give some leeway. I'll give you that. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, but you, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. This has been a long episode. I, Scott. Scott had the bold claim to think we could keep it to like 35 minutes this this episode <laughs> okay but here, here we are yeah um anyway thank you everyone for tuning in and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on youtube and check us out rate and review all that good stuff check out the written work on bucksgameday.com uh big game this weekend hopefully it's a good one we'll see what happens go bucks till next time <laughs>